This weekend at Bethpage Black, there was plenty of good golf action, but it was the fans that really ended up stealing the show, and they had players taking notice. Mostly, players were fans of the atmosphere, the energy, the electricity, but some thought that fans crossed the line, and they were worried about returning Bethpage for even bigger future events, like the 2024 Ryder Cup. No comment. <laughs> Pretty quiet, um, you know, yeah, muted, nobody will come out and watch. I mean, it's going to be mental, isn't it? I mean, it's going to be raucous. It's going to be amazing. I mean, it's going to be patriotic. It would be, um, be very, very cool for the Europeans and the Americans. So it would be cool for the spectators. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we need our fans to be our fans uh, in full force. And I know they will. I'm not questioning that. But um, in that tournament, momentum is huge. And when you have 12 guys going out there as a team, certainly bonding and competing together, uh, we'll need that 13th man. The New York City fans will be that fan. It's a special environment. The people here are, are unique and think it's going to be a good, strong home field advantage. A good, solid home field advantage, says Phil. But where is the line between awesome atmosphere and just drunken mob? And what does it mean for the 2024 Bethpage Ryder Cup? I'm Dylan DeChair with the Golf.com podcast, and joining me today is Luke Cardenine, Golf Magazine's instruction editor and unabashed European Ryder Cup fan. To break it all down, thanks, Luke, for joining us. How are you, Dylan? I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. You wrote a piece for Golf.com entitled, As a European Golf Fan, I'm Terrified About the 2024 Ryder Cup. What is it that has you shaking in your boots? Well, it's nothing about the teams. I'm terrified this is going to be a disaster. And I think the fans are going to embarrass themselves. I'm really worried that they're going to embarrass the game along the way. So that's, I mean, this is a serious accusation. You're not the only one to have leveled it. You're certainly not the only European-born uh, media member to, to level this. I think it was John Huggin that said, take it away, Beth Page. You've lost the privilege of hosting the 2024 Ryder Cup. What is it that was so bad or that you saw this weekend that seemed so troubling? Well, remember, the last Ryder Cup that was in America was an absolute embarrassment in so many ways. I mean, th there were fans getting kicked out because they were abusing Rory McIlroy's wife. I, I witnessed with my own two eyes uh, Thomas Peters in a pivotal match down the stretch having to back off his shot two different times because he's being interrupted by the crowd. So that's the context where we're coming off. And then with the PGA Championship, during a PGA Championship, a runaway in, in a lot of ways. I know it got closed down the stretch there, but Please, come on. We knew Brooks Kepka was going to win this. And the crowd was just going after him. They were chanting DJ's name. And there were boos for Brooks Kepka. Boos when he was walking up the 18th green with a trophy in hand. I mean, this is unbelievable. And this was during a PGA Championship. There was nothing being done to rile up this crowd. And I just cannot see at this point how this 2024 Ryder Cup is going to turn into an absolute mess. All right, well, first I want to add where it is I have common ground with you because I was following Kepka's group for the last four or five holes. So I wrote about this on Sunday, actually. As Brooks Kepka was getting to the 14th hole, he had just made three bogeys in a row. Up ahead, DJ birdies 15. And you can sort of see that from the 14th tee looking over at the 15th green. The crowd roar, you could hear it. Some of the fans at 14 knew what was happening. They started up a little cheer. And then they posted the birdie to the scoreboard on 14. 
And then the fans really went crazy, started chanting DJ, DJ, as Kepka is about to tee off. Then he makes, he flies the green, hits his iron just way over. The fans are going crazy because they're rooting for chaos at that point. And, you know, as a fan of storylines, it was hard not to also say, ah, you know, this is pretty exciting that it's getting tight. He walked off that green. All of a sudden it was a one shot advantage and it was pandemonium. There were some things that felt like they were crossing the line. You know, part of it is like these guys just pull up their phone. It's like they're going live on Instagram or they're throwing out a Snapchat and, and yelling something like dumb at Kepka that they can then send to their friends. Um, but overall, I couldn't help but feeling like the atmosphere was awesome. It was the energy was high. There were some idiots, but. The whole thing felt pretty high octane. Oh, come on. It's 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 awesome right up until the point when it boils over, which is exactly what happened in the last Ryder Cup, right? Yes, of course. It was it was cool to see the crowd realize that this was a close major championship all of a sudden. And you could feel that excitement. But there was a moment there where it turns into hostility too. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to begrudge a fan or a bunch of fans for cheering uh, when a ball goes into a water because I get it. They're rooting for chaos. It's a good way of putting it. What I will hammer fans about is yelling choke at Brooks Kepka as it's kind of happening, which is what was happening. That's not really what golf is about. And that's definitely what golf fandom isn't about. Yeah. So it seems like you are taking the side of golf is different in this way, right? Absolutely. Do you hold, do you hold other sports to the same standard? No, no, of course not. Because in other sports, you don't have to be quiet when the other person's playing. It's not a tenant of the game, right? And so that needs to be kept in mind and that needs to be protected because they come, because when you start encroaching that point, that's when it starts becoming a big issue. Because if somebody's shouting choke as they're walking off a green, then that sort of opens the door for more of that to happen. And inevitably where that leads is what happened to Thomas Peters at the last Ryder Cup, which is that somebody's yelling choke as they're standing over an important putt. And at that point, you're interfering with a competition. It's not fair for that player because he's playing on a different set of rules, essentially, as everybody else in the game. And that's something that does need to be protected. All right. So this is good. I think we are honing in on on where exactly the line is because there is some very sacred ground uh, when it comes to being a golf fan. And that's not, you know, oh, putting golf on its high horse. That is like, it's the same way in tennis. You'll see the umpires making sure that the crowd is quiet because it's still, and then play begins. You, as a fan, you have a crazy amount of power. If you want to screw up Tiger Woods, you can do it. If you're right there and you scream something as he's coming down in his backswing, you know, in the middle of his swing, I should say. You can do it. You'll mess him up. You saw it at last year's British Open on the 18th hole, especially so we make sure we're not just picking on dumb American fans. There's dumb fans everywhere. And one guy screamed during Tiger's backswing on the 18th hole last year's British Open, and he looked out to the crowd like, what the hell is going on? Oh, come on. You're you're deflecting here. This is not about one bad fan of the British I'm just this is about, in the line this, this is about America's history in letting crowds getting out of control at the Ryder Cup, which stems back to 1999. Well, again, 99 is a whole other issue, but this is the country that has brought you the Waste Management Phoenix Open <laughs> and where other golf tournaments are looking at that and saying, man, we're jealous of that. I I wish we had a little bit more of that. So it's a little bit of you're getting what you ask for. We, We 
talk about how good the New York crowds are, how unique and different it is that once you get out there, players are going to get heckled and, you know, they're going to get criticized when they hit poor shots and they're going to get called dumb nicknames. And so I think it's a, where it gets personal with players, families. I think that's problematic. And I think B, once it starts affecting actual play, like you said, um, you know, shouting at players to screw up to, yeah, I mean, the guy's yelling shank it. It's definitely not a good look. I think it's, a, it's, it's tough to do anything be, beyond just really kick those guys out. So I guess we'll get to solutions in a minute, but that's bad. And then interfering with actual golf swings is so bad because you could easily change the course of an entire tournament. Yeah, but see, we agree that interfering with golf swings is bad, obviously. But the problem is it usually only happens when it's too late, right? So you need to kind of nip this stuff stuff in the bud. And what often happens at Ryder Cups, which is everyone likes a Ryder Cup crowd that's a little feisty, right? I like a, a Ryder Cup crowd that has a little heat behind it. Oh, yeah. That's but the whole point. That's the whole point. But the problem is when you start applying that heat, when you start trying to rev up the crowd and all of a sudden it boils over and it's too late by that point because a match has been lost, a shot's been hit, you can't redo a shot, right? And that's the problem. That's So what I'm saying is we need to be laser focused on fixing this problem because otherwise it will spiral. So what are the solutions, Luke? You have raised the issues. How would you fix it? So I think first we need to go to the sort of grown-up solution to this problem, which is realizing that everyone's complicit here and that the media loves revving up the crowd, loves setting the stakes before a Ryder Cup. The tournament loves doing the same thing in many ways. Um, And the players play into it uh, because it suits them at that moment in time. But we need to realize that Bethpage is a slightly different animal. So players need to continue calling this stuff out. The crowd needs to self-police. They need to boo the guy who starts yelling stupid stuff. You know, the crowd needs to take this on itself. And the media has to realize that it plays a role in this too. That it can't be ramping it up uh, with hyperbole too soon because that's when things can start to spiral out of control. I don't I disagree with you on the second one, but I agree with you on the first. And, and you have seen that I mean, Tiger's a, a different animal altogether, but you've seen that a couple times where he's gotten messed up, uh, whether it's over a putt or a shot. I remember there was kind of an ugly like mob type scene last year at the uh, at the farmers at Torrey Pines when someone yelled something during a short putt and it looked like it screwed him up and the, the crowd really turned on him. But there's plenty of security out there and the the idiots are usually fairly obvious. I think that there needs to be more leeway to be given to people that you know have the power to kick out fans um justin thomas made him a name for himself just doing it on his own but i think that those security guys need to be like all right you bring up someone's family you yell too close to someone's shot that's it um how about alcohol because obviously that is a a big part of this especially during long days at golf tournaments people walk in the door start drinking at you know 8 8 30 a.m and by the time you get around to 4 p.m., 5 p.m., you've been in the sun all day, people are getting a little chippy. Yeah, to me, that's a carrot you dangle over the head um, and you're ready to take it away at any moment in time. I think a reasonable solution is allowing alcohol to 
keep being sold until you start to notice it becoming a problem, at which point you stop selling it after, so in the Ryder Cups case, there are groups that go off in the morning and at the night, you stop selling alcohol after the morning groups. So it ends at about sort of 2 p.m. Your alcohol sales are done. Man, usually works the other way around, I think, where people wouldn't start drinking till 2 p.m. But point taken, I, I think we're just coming down on opposite sides of this where my sense is that we've just gone a tiny bit too far or yours is really that we need to ramp this way back. Yeah, I think what we saw at the PGA Championship was that the Beth Page crowd is feisty. It doesn't even need an excuse to be feisty because for a split second there, the tournament became close and the crowd, I think, got borderline out of control. And I can't even imagine with Ryder Cup stakes on the line, with this sort of nationalism on the line, how it wouldn't approach that almost immediately. So I think we need to start governing this right now. What did you think about the way... Brooks Kepka talked about it after the round because he said, you know, look, I don't mind it. I was, I was fueled by it. It actually was probably the best thing I could have heard on the 14th when people were chanting DJ. Is that just Brooks deflecting and, and you know, being a, a tough guy or is there something to that? Yeah, I think there's an element of Brooks liking to be the tough guy who doesn't make excuses, but at the same time, he won, right? He, he doesn't care because he won. I guarantee you, if he was not to have won, he would have turned around and said, that was that was ridiculous out there. That was unbelievable out there. Um, I think that's just a matter of him uh, taking the high road because he's got the trophy in hand. Yeah, I think that there is something really cool about you know fans having golfers that they're pulling for. And you see this in every other sport, even in tennis, where fans have to be respectful and polite. They're obviously rooting for one player in the match. Golf, it's sort of like you're supposed to root for everyone, but then root extra for some guys. I don't know. I think at the top level, the PGA Tour is entertainment. I think you're allowed to root against guys as long as you're not crossing the line and as long as you're not screwing up play. Yeah, I mean, I get your point, right? Like, there is the line there. And I'm all for people picking horses that they like and this rooting for them. should be fun. Them. Yeah, it, it, it should be fun. Absolutely. But I think that there's a fine line there. And I know we alluded to it earlier. And I think that we basically crossed it at Bethpage. Um, and it really didn't take much. It really didn't take much in order for us to cross that line. Yeah. And I, I do think the one other element to it was... People just wanted a close tournament so bad. There was there was so little natural excitement on Sunday that once there was just a little taste of it, God, people just went nuts. A little taste. And remember, though, Beth Page has a history of doing this. In 2 Sergio, when we saw Sergio going through his regripping thing, he was not doing that on purpose, right? This was a young guy who was collapsing under the pressure of facing off against Tiger Woods. And the crowd didn't see that as a sympathetic act. They got angry about it. So it just takes just such a tiny spark in order to ignite this crowd. Well, and yeah, we saw Greg Norman in 86 that he challenged a fan to a fight in the parking lot afterwards. So, I mean, there have been some iconic golf moments that come out of rowdy fan behavior. So one other element I do want to get into is this idea that, uh, guys are gambling more and more on the fields than ever. And if you are there in person, you can affect things and you are extra invested personally. So that is where this gets a little sketchy, especially as the tour gets more and more involved with gambling themselves. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're 
pulling for an over under, for example, in in a football game, you can't really do anything that's actually going to affect the outcome there. But in golf, like you said, you can. It just takes one idiot, and it doesn't matter that you know twenty nine thousand people have been behaving themselves impeccably. If one person does one stupid thing at the opportune moment, then that can cause the entire thing to unravel, which is why we need to be hardline about this. All right, Luke. So first, I want your advice for a fan attending the 2024 Ryder Cup. Anything that you would like to see them do personally as an attendee? Yeah, I think in terms of cheering, if somebody hits a bad shot who you're not pulling for, fine. I'm I'm not going to lose sleep over that. What I think crowd members need to do is they need to go into it with an active sense that they are going to police themselves right and that they need to empower other members of the crowd to stand up to people who are being idiots because at the end of the day we're not going to have twenty nine thousand security guards for twenty nine thousand people and we shouldn't we should have the crowd taking it upon themselves and shaming the bad members of the crowd in order to prevent them from doing stupid things and to create a disincentive for anybody who may be thinking about it all right and then tell me governing bodies tournament organizers you know, if you're standing in, in the elevator with the PGA of America executive, what are you going to tell them? If I'm in the elevator with top 100 teacher Susie Whaley, president of the PGA, by the way, I would say that she should run a campaign around this leading up to the Ryder Cup, that she should go to different media organizations, that she should buy ad time directly facing this issue about controlling the crowd, about making sure that this is this is done in good fun that this is about the spectacle of golf and we like it a little feisty but we don't want it over the top and that would be pinpointing that messaging i think is a should be a really high priority for governing bodies this gets at golf's ultimate dilemma right it's a long slow sport the days are long the play can you know get a little stagnant you want to ramp up the energy wherever you can and yet there's this other line to it You're right. There's this other line to it. But you want to create an environment where knuckleheads don't feel empowered. That's what it comes down to, ultimately. That's it for this episode of the Golf.com podcast. Let us know how we did. You can find me, Dylan DeChair, or Luke Curdenine on Twitter. And uh, check out Luke's article on Golf.com tackling this same issue. What do you guys think? Do you think that alcohol should be banned at golf tournaments? Do you think fans aren't doing enough? Uh, Let us know. This episode was produced by Rory Fagazi and me, Dylan DeChair. If you liked it, we'd love if you would let us know. Leave us a rating, review, and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is you find your podcasts. We'll see you next time. <laughs>